you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Oh, it's Wednesday, July 12th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. Such a hit was he with Pod Nation on Monday. I had little choice but to beg for his return today. His good looks are boyish. His hot takes are all man. He may or may not be the lead singer of a cover band that only plays the Broncos fight song. The band may or may not be called Jimmy P and the Crush. His name is James Palmer. Welcome back to the pod, JP. Lead singer, I don't know, but there's a variety of musical instruments in this household. Uh, how many instruments do you play? Are you Prince-like? Do you have, like, you, you've got skills on, like, 32 different instruments? What are we looking at, bud? I'd say I'm a D-plus at the piano, drums, guitar, ukulele is just a kind of a given, but, um, like, a D-plus. <laughs> I like that. So nothing like Prince, actually. Those are passing grades all. Yesterday was July 11th, a.k.a. 7-11. I didn't have a chance to talk to you yesterday. Do you have a favorite all-time NFL player who wore the numbers 7 and 11? For me, it would be Joe Theismann, and I struggled with 11. You know, probably, I don't know, Larry Fitzgerald, I guess. No, Larry Fitzgerald's a great one. I mean, Larry is one of the greatest humans of all time. He's one of my favorite people to ever play in this league. Uh, Number seven, can I assume for you it's John Elway? I mean, I guess. I'm not from Denver. My wife's a diehard Broncos fan. But I would say one of the most uh, talented athletes to ever play in the NFL, like way ahead of his time in terms of what he could do uh, physically on a football field and with his arm. I think it's kind of like all these guys now are kind of like John Elway-esque in a sense. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. For me, Theismann is only because I'm a D.C. area kid, but if I really mm-hmm. were if I were pressed on the issue, seven for me would, without a doubt, it would be Mike Vick. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, they are underpaid and overworked. They are undervalued and overlooked. They are the recent generation's 
of NFL running backs. But last we checked, running backs are still eligible for drafting into the NFL, drafting onto your fantasy team, shouldering a massive burden on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays, and they are still eligible for inducting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. To wit, which of the current crop of NFL running backs are building a reasonable case for consideration? It's a TA Summer School edition of Spot the Bus. That's coming up, but first... This. Kirk back to pass. He's going to heave one to JJ to the right. Jefferson leaps to catch it. And he caught it at the Bills 40. What a grab. Are you kidding me with that catch, JJ? Topic number one. We're calling it You Made Your Bed. You don't have to lie in it, but maybe consider lying about it. Here's the story. Justin Jefferson's quarterback didn't make Justin Jefferson's list of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. What's the bigger story here, James Palmer? Jeffersonian honesty or his betrayal of Kirk Cousins? I guess it's his betrayal because his honesty isn't a story because everybody believes it. I mean, I don't think anybody would argue with him that his quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who's a very effective quarterback, and maybe we were doing top five quarterbacks in terms of financial gain on their you know, ability to make dollars. Yes, I would put Kirk Cousins in the top five. But I don't think you can realistically with a straight face as a wide receiver, if your quarterback is probably not even in the top 10, put him in the top five. I just don't think you can do it. And I think he knew that. Uh, JP, let me just ask you about that list. He's got Mahomes one, Rogers two, Allen three, Burrow four, Hertz five. Uh, I like the names on that list. I don't love the order. Are you with me on that? Does something seem out of order? Yeah, something seems very out of order. I would put Burrow in the heels of Patrick Mahomes. I'm not sure about Jalen Hurts. I know it's only one season, but what he did with his arm and his legs has never really been done before uh, in the history of the league. I would. It's interesting at five, but I send what are you going to do? I like the list. I don't know if I love the order. Could you have given him a pass had he put Kirk Cousins and not Aaron Rodgers based on the fact that last year Kirk Cousins exceeded Aaron Rodgers' numbers in every major metric? How many MVPs does Kirk have? Yeah, that's a zero. Okay, how many's Aaron got? He's got four. Uh, I see the point okay. you're making. Um, yes. Okay, fair enough. I will say this. Last year alone, Justin Jefferson had 128 catches for 1,809 yards, eight touchdowns, an average per game of 106.4 yards. The first, second, and fourth numbers led the NFL. Every single one of those passes, well, just about, came from the hand of Kirk Cousins. Does that not deserve a little love, or am I simply barking up the wrong tree, J.P.? No, I, listen, I think I think you can be a very good quarterback if you're asking, uh, and there's so much more to the position and to winning football games in the NFL. You can say, listen, maybe Kirk's not the most talented. If you ask him to elaborate, does he have the talent level of those top five? No. Can we have one of the best offenses in football with what we have and Kirk running it? Yes. I think you. I think both can be true if you wanted to give him an out, in a sense, to where saying everything that he does with our group and the way we operate as a whole makes us a Super Bowl contender and makes us one of the better offenses. You can say that, but I think he was more or less going strictly by talent would be my guess. What about uh, Lamar Jackson? Does he, does he deserve consideration for top five? I don't think right now uh, I would put Burrow ahead of Allen. You know what? So would I.
So what I he is for me the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, um, and Allen certainly at the end of last season started to uh, leak a little bit too much of a profligate for my tastes. I would choose Burrow. Where do you on the got Herbert? Where do you Josh got Lawrence? Allen. I mean, <sighs> that's that is tough. That's tough. In fact, you saying those names, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, makes us respect Justin Jefferson's list even more because let's be honest, yes, based on that, Kirk Cousins simply doesn't belong. Next topic, NFL news ripped straight from the reporter's notebook that JP allegedly carries around. I'd like to see that if you have a chance to show us one of these days. There are a couple of items of real interest in the news this week, beginning with the contract latest on one Chris Jones. What's the latest? What you got, JP? I'll tell you this. He's in the last year of a four-year $80 million contract. The Chiefs, from my understanding, are optimistic something gets done sooner rather than later. I don't know if everybody's on the same page with that. Um, But I will say this. Chris Jones is most likely deserving, if you wanted to look at everything he's done, to be the highest-paid defensive player in football. I know he is not... Aaron Donald. But if you look at what he's done, it hasn't really been done from that spot. He's the only guy to have 15 and a half sacks multiple times from a defensive tackle spot. He more or less won the AFC championship game for them with, I believe it was 10 pressures. I was there on Joe Burrow and two sacks. Um, He got them to the Super Bowl. You could make the argument for that. Will it land there? I don't know. I think it may be right below Aaron Donald. They would like to get this done before training camp. That is where things stand right now. That would free up some cap space for them because they're kind of right up against it. The interesting part would be, who are they freeing up some cap space for? What are you suggesting? Does the name rhyme with DeAndre Hopkins? (laughs) I'll just say this. Like, it is interesting that Hop is sitting here waiting. He's got two teams with the Titans and the Patriots and... Why is he waiting? Is there a third team that could become available if their finances change? I was always told that the Chiefs were not interested in DeAndre Hopkins via trade. That was specifically what I was told. I was told that if he was released, things would potentially change in in, in their parts. So freeing up that money with a Chris Jones uh, new contract. Who knows? That could be just speculation. But Chris's contract on its own, whether it's involving Hop or not, is something that the Chiefs believe is going to get done before training camp. We'll see if that actually happens, but it's something that I think will happen this offseason. Very, very intriguing. In fact, uh, can I get a couple notes of intrigue music here, please? Oh, very nice. Thank you very much. And the second piece of news involves one Calvin Ridley, whose return to the NFL stage is getting rave reviews in Duval. JP, what you got? Well, this is what I'm hearing out of Jacksonville. That they're trying to really temper their excitement because what he has shown them on the field during OTAs and minicamp is that they believe he is a true number one, something that they don't really believe is Christian Kirk or Zay Jones, that this is a really mismatched nightmare true number one wide receiver that is, you know, coming off his suspension. Yes. Uh, Foot is healthy. Yes, that's a big part that he had the broken foot and he was playing on that towards the end before the suspension came about. My understanding is they've been having to hold him back 
in practice, essentially slowing him down. But uh, but as well as going, well, we may have to slow our excitement down a little bit because with the two guys I mentioned and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne, like he's going to not only be, they believe, the most talented receiver on their team and the best pass catcher on their team and a true number one and one of the best route runners in the NFL, you have to cover all those other guys as well. So he'll be in favorable matchups. Not saying favorable, I guess, but you have to cover everybody. You can't put all your attention to Calvin Ridley. And they just really love the situation they're in. And, oh, the guy that I mentioned earlier, Trevor Lawrence is throwing the football, who I remember talking to Doug Peterson this offseason, and he was like, Trevor picked up everything way faster than we thought. Like what was happening mid-season when the turnaround happened, he told me that's what he thought would be happening at the beginning of this upcoming season. So that's how much quicker Trevor's picked everything up. So you look at the quarterback that some people are buzzing, could be in the MVP race. Calvin Ridley, the excitement is real in Jacksonville. Translation, will Calvin Ridley in his return to the NFL play a supporting role in that Jags wide receiver room and wide receiver unit? Don't bet on it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have... Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot and now he doesn't. Mm hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
Next topic, not-so-idle gossip. There are training camp storylines we will be following with great interest in the days and weeks to come, among them the progress of NFL rookies, the health of Brock Purdy's elbow, the success or failure of new quarterback-wide receiver chemistry experiments like the ones going on with the Jets and the Bears and the Cowboys and so many other NFL teams. But according to one James Palmer, the storyline that he is watching most closely this offseason is the one coming out of the great state of Louisiana. Please explain. Listen, I love going to New Orleans for training camp. It's because I love to just absolutely have crotch sweat at all times on television. No, I'm just kidding. It's because I love the competitive nature that's in New Orleans all the time during training camp. Now, my interest in going down there now is entirely different because there are so many things I want to know about this offense. Like, obviously, Derek Carr's come in. I've heard plenty of things from Chris Olave to Michael Thomas to what he's spending with those guys off the field and the leadership he's already had, the, the deep balls that he's been throwing, which you remember with Chris Olave is something that was I'm a Buckeye, so utilized greatly at The Ohio State University, but not during his rookie year, and he still was phenomenal with multiple guys throwing him the football. Now that there's consistency at the quarterback and an offense that we saw Derek Carr thrive in before, remember John Gruden when he was with him, kind of his best maybe years that he had, and then Gruden comes in and helps the install for a little bit. It's kind of a system he's familiar with, but really, how does Carr fit in it, but then how do all these other pieces fit? What does Michael Thomas look like? Once considered the best receiver in football, but then all of the, all of the issues that he's had with his toe and everything, it, he had a remarkable spring from what I'm told. He was just explosive. He was the Michael Thomas of old. Where does Taysom Hill fit into all of this? He was brilliant. I did several of their games running the football, specifically at the goal line. He averaged six yards a carry, but will they find carries for him? Like that's that's an interesting aspect of it. When you bring in Jamal Williams and then they draft uh, the kid out of TCU and what's happening with Alvin Kamara, we got a little bit of clarity because the legal side of it is uh, is cleared up, but that still doesn't mean the NFL can't punish him by some capacity. I want to know how all of these pieces at the skill spots kind of fit together down in New Orleans because it was a really good defense last year, again. And they had guys like Marshawn Lattimore miss a lot of time. And Tyron Matthew was into a new spot, and now he's more comfortable. I, I just think it's a fascinating team to watch in a division where there's a new starting quarterback at every single team. Translation, the most interesting story of the training camps to come in the NFL has a black and gold and white sheen to it. I'm sold, JP. Thank you very much. Oh, good. Yeah. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and the next voice you will hear is that of today's special guest, James Palmer. Uh, proof of life, JP? Speaking. Uh, there he is. That's more than enough. Thank you. The next topic is back-to-backs, as in, isn't it time we got back to a world in which NFL running backs were given a level of respect commensurate with their level of commitment and contribution? We're going to start this conversation by kicking it over to our resident RB1, the former NFL rushing champ and sometime provocateur, Maurice Jones-Drew, who will rank the guys he says are, right at this moment in time, the five best running backs in the NFL. MJD, mm. the mic is yours. We know this list is going to make some people upset, make some happy. Starting at number five, Josh Jacobs, the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, he's the reigning champ, right? Look at this, 1,653 yards, uh, ball for him, let him rushing down, um, running in the games. If they'd have leaned on him more, I felt like they would have had a better season. They got away from him late in the year. They really didn't throw the ball to him as much as I thought they would. Hopefully they get back to that. Josh Jacobs doing his thing. Number four, maybe the most versatile back in the National Football League. He, he had 20 touchdowns last year. Led his team, he had 100 receptions. He's done it all. When everyone got hurt, he was still there, and they didn't want to pay him. It's craziness. It's, let's go back to number five. They don't want to pay him either. All we do is produce, and they don't want to pay us, yet we keep winning games for him. Austin Ackler's done a phenomenal job doing more, more than most at this one. Number three. Let's go ahead and kick to number three. It's Nick Chubb. Now, Nick Chubb, just only averages 5.6 yards a carry. Nick Chubb, all he does is just score touchdowns and rush for 100 yards a game. Nick Chubb, all he does is break tackles and run down sidelines and run away from people. Stiffs arm Khalil Mack. Nick Chubb, all he does is continue to be productive year after year after year. It's not pretty. It's not exciting. But when you look up at the end of the day, he's always in the top three to five of rushing. If not number one, week after week, he gives you 100-plus yards. And he's been the reason that the Browns have been in the thick of it in the AFC North when they were. All right, now let's get to number two. They call him the king for a reason. Because not many look like him. Not many play like him either. Derrick Henry, 6'3", 250 pounds, 4'5", 40, all that's good. But look, people get out the way when they're running at him. And let's be honest, the Tennessee Titans without Derrick Henry wouldn't have any of the success they've had over the last couple of years. As we saw that down this stretch when he got a little banged up, they went to kind of let him rest a little bit. But this guy here can also run routes out of the backfield. He can be a very explosive player for them. I just, I'm so happy. Let's go ahead and go to number one. I don't want to see the Jaguars highlight. as I'm speaking at number one is Christian McCaffrey. Peyton Manning said that quarterback was the hardest position on the field. Now, yes, they got to know a lot. I'm not saying they don't. But there's no quarterback out there doing what Christian McCaffrey's doing, running in between the tackles, playing the slot receiver, playing outside, and running a stutter comeback. Don't give me that. I don't want to hear it. 
There goes my top five, man. Okay, James Palmer, you heard the man. I have come to expect at least one moment of eyebrow raising, eyeball rolling. You got to be kidding me. Thought bubbling material from MJD against all odds. I don't think we really got one today. I can't argue with Messrs. McCaffrey, Henry, Chubb, Eckler, and Jacobs. Are you good with this list? Uh, I'm good with. I, I mean, I like it, but it's like no Saquon is tough a little bit yes. uh no alvin Kamara, who's yes. been a dynamic player both catching the, i mean he runs routes like a receiver and and i mean that, it, him and you know mccaffrey definitely have some similarities it's it's a good list i mean listen it's a good list i think jonathan taylor's a great back um but i i it's yeah i mean i actually i don't i don't dislike the list because i understand what mjd's thinking and i love mjd uh, he's my favorite guy to party with on the road. So, yeah, let's stick with his list. Okay, we're going to stick with that list. And while you throw on your professor's gown, we will throw open the doors to TA Summer School. Ring the bell. <laughs> Guest lecturer James Palmer will treat us to a brief seminar on the future of the running back in the NFL. Let's be clear, the futures of the actual running backs in the NFL right now. You know what, maybe a final and finer point on that. Which among these backs is building a case for enshrinement one day in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Professor Palmer, is there a so-called lock in the NFL at this moment? While you consider that, I want to reintroduce somebody we have brought on the show before, our resident researcher, our moral compass, our magnetic north, Kendall Mursky, who is here to provide some statistical texture if we go uh, okay. off script and too far afield. Field. Let's get back to the question. Do you see, JP, sorry, Professor Palmer, a mm -hmm. so-called lock for a gold jacket playing in the NFL right now at the running back position? This is, well, this is such a fun position because, like, it's evolved so greatly compared to the backs that are in the league. Like, I was going through kind of like the all-time leading rushers, and like nobody even playing is anywhere near being one of the all-time leading rushers. I think who I'm going to mention is the closest guy. And Kendall, you can tell it, I think Derrick Henry is the closest guy, right? Kendall, yeah. is Derrick Henry the, yeah. is he kind of the standout no-brainer? Yeah, from this group, he, he is the closest, and it goes to show as one of the last featured bell cow backs in the league. Yeah. Everyone else is by committee for the so most So really, the point you're making, JP, is we simply don't, you, we don't see a usage of we the running back in the same way. Therefore, the numbers no. seem to be skewed a little bit lower these days. And that's why it's difficult, because we're evaluating almost the position anew. You know what I mean? Like you're you're looking at a new position in in the league compared to what you've seen, which tells me kind of two things. One, I think what Derrick Henry is doing is even maybe more impressive in a league that doesn't really value the running back and has had tremendous success. I do give that credit to like Arthur Smith during those years and and what's happened in in Nashville the way they've built their offense. But give me another back in the NFL that has repeatedly continued to run the football down another team's throat successfully when everybody knows they're getting the football. It just it doesn't happen as a built offense in the NFL anymore. I mean, when we come back five years after he retires, which the way Derrick Henry runs the football and the way we see him, you know, train in these videos in the offseason, I don't know when he's slowing down. I mean, it doesn't look like he is when there's five years after his last year playing. I think we're going to look back and go like, wow, this is even maybe more impressive in what he was doing when he consistently did it his way while the position kept evolving. JP, I think you make a very good point. Kendall, I want to bring you in for this. So uh, can you make a statistical case as you are looking at it now for the man my brother calls in Nashville, El Tractorcito? Yeah, I think historically, like we mentioned, it gets difficult. But from a historical standpoint, the one thing you can hang your hat on 
is that he's third right now in Titans history, I guess Titans and Oilers history, in rushing yards. He is less than 2,000 away from Eddie George, who is the leader in franchise history, and we know he still has years left to make that difference up. But outside of that, just on a recency level, I mean, he was second last year in rushing yards. He was tied for second in rushing touchdowns. Since 2020, he's responsible for 36.1% of the Titans' scrimmage yards. That's the largest share of scrimmage yards in the NFL for Mm. any respective team. On top of that, he leads the NFL with 327 force-missed tackles on runs since 2016 per PFF. And he leads the NFL with 6,370 rush yards after contact since 2016 second is ezekiel elliott with 1454 less okay well thank you for that he also leads the league in forcing linebackers and safeties and d-backs to make business decisions Uh, we always sort of uh, point to those moments where we see a guy potentially shy away from direct contact with derrick henry as the stampeding train approaches Uh, JP, I want to go back to you, and let's go back to the list that we heard from Maurice Jones-Drew. McCaffrey, Henry, of course, on that list. We've talked about Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Of those guys, does Christian McCaffrey jump off the page as somebody who may be building a case that could be given consideration one day? I think Christian's case is greater than anybody else that you listed, for sure, and what he's been able to do and what we think is going to continue specifically in the sample size that we saw that's not huge, but arriving in an offense that I think he's just going to continue to grow and flourish in uh, for a few reasons because of what Kyle Shanahan does, how he builds it, the other players that are on the field with him, and the football IQ that McCaffrey has to play in so many different spots. When you say, like, well, he's a running back, but he could be a receiver. Like, He's probably the face of that kind of conversation that we have because we know Austin Eckler catches the football extremely well in the backfield. He's been just unbelievable, honestly, the last couple of years in terms of how they've used him. We know that Alvin Kamara can do it as well. I think I've talked about how Atlanta wants to use the youngster and Bijan Robinson in kind of that capacity as well. But really, Christian McCaffrey is the one that I think we could all look at. And when he was coming out of Stanford, I remember that draft and everybody was like, I don't know. But That was before everything kind of started changing, and maybe he's kind of responsible for some of it. And this being almost a positionless player to where you can run the football and you can catch the football the way he's doing it. I think if he keeps playing the way we've seen it of late and he stays healthy, that's a huge part. I think he's got a case to get in because he might be the, you know, like I said with Derrick Henry, he might be the guy we look back going like he's kind of the guy that maybe changed all this. You know, we saw examples of his versatility very early in his tenure here in Sanford well there up there in San Francisco that game where he threw for a touchdown caught a touchdown pass and ran for a touchdown as well did that sort of elusive treble uh, that we see from very few people I think our boy LT our friend LT maybe one of the last to have done it maybe he didn't even do it Kendall do you have a statistical case to make on behalf of Christian McCaffrey how is he looking JP is bullish on McCaffrey I would certainly not push back on him I think everything that James said is absolutely right. Do the stats bear out the truth of it? Yeah, I think the toughest part with McCaffrey is really the health thing because he's used Mm -hmm. in such a different way from running backs of the past, and then he also hasn't played full seasons through his first six seasons. But even so, through his first six seasons in the NFL, he leads all running backs in NFL history with 442 receptions. And 
in terms of receiving yards. Mm. Same thing. First six seasons among running backs in NFL history, he is third. So you can tell he is really setting a standard, even with the caveat of the missed games he's had through his first six seasons, that he is setting a standard for receiving running backs. Okay, so Derrick Henry. Uh, we like his chances. Christian McCaffrey, we like his chances. But again, it comes with that big caveat, the if he stays healthy. Mm -hmm. So if I were to ask you, JP, if Derrick Henry were to retire today, does he have a case? Uh, you heard the exhale, listener. This becomes a difficult thing when you ask the if he retired today. Now, keep in mind, we heard just last week, I believe, when I asked, I think it was Steve Weich I asked, if Patrick Mahomes retired today, would he have a case for the Hall of Fame? And Steve 100%. said, well, yes, he would have a case, but I think it would be difficult, and I don't think he would get in right away. And I have to say, JP, I was a little bit surprised by that answer. So I should think this becomes even more difficult. If Derrick Henry retired today, does he have a case for a gold jacket? I don't think so. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't he play the exact same number of years as TD? I think it's identical right now. Yeah, I think you're. Um, I think he's either identical or certainly very close. And of course, the the Terrell Davis, who James Palmer is invoking into this conversation, he's in. It, he's in but why is he in? Well, he's got an MVP. He's got an MVP and two Super Bowl rings. Um, that is a very very compelling case. How many Super Bowl rings does Derrick Henry have? Zero. How many MVPs yeah. I mean, does he have? Zero. How many MVP votes does he have? I should think. He's got a few. He finished ninth guess. last year. Finished ninth last year, so he he was he was on somebody's ballot. Um, he's got yeah he's he's got an offensive player of the year award. One, I I just think I mean he led the he's led the league in rushing what twice I think it is and touchdowns twice. I mean the funny part is I think he's got like I, I look, actually I looked this up he's got eighteen more touchdowns than Terrell Davis in that exact same number of years actually which is kind of interesting but um i think when td was at his best he was you know an mvp to me uh, that means you are the best player in the game um let's be honest of the positions that people vote on uh you, could be, you know uh, there's a lot of positions out there that guys dominate but um yeah. to get an mvp a whole bunch of dbs and d linemen yeah, and linebackers uh, just said thank you james palmer you're absolutely right my brother no, I, wide, I, I, wide I mean, receivers listen, did like, too there might be in like five years, we might be like, nobody will tell you, but like Pat Sertan might be the best player in football, but nobody ever throws the ball anywhere near him. So like, who knows what he can do? You know what I mean? Um, but the Broncos yeah, like, reference I, again, not lost on us. Uh, not a Broncos fan, he says, but there, he's certainly a Denver native or a Denver uh, I just know resident. That dude, is, that dude is unbelievable. Yeah, um, but anyway, like the thing is, if you don't have an MVP, that's why I, I, I would love to talk to Steve about it. And Steve is so much more educated on this in terms of the hall than I am. But I kind of think Pat would get in even if he he just retired today like if he just was like you know what i'm done like I, two mvps two super bowl mvps two super bowls three super bowl appearances and five division titles in five years and as he's a made starter. it he's made it to the afc championship game every single season as a starter yeah and just shattered records yeah i, I don't know now, you know what? You're providing some texture to that Patrick Mahomes Ooh. argument, and I have to say, I, I, I don't see how Kendall, you could possibly... Kendall, is there like a yeah, I don't see how you could possibly not vote for him. I mean, I, 
I said it on our show last week. I, I just want to see like one or two more years of consistency for that sample size. Yeah. And I think it's a no-brainer. What happened to the old phrase, when somebody proves to you who they are, believe them? Or when somebody tells you who they are, believe them? I realize that's sort of emotional therapy talk. But the fact is, this man has proved to us, mm-hmm. he has shown us and told us who he is. I believe him. I think Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. But we are now far afield from the running back's room. I think it's becoming clear, guys, that... For all of the best running backs in the NFL right now, even, even Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey, there is, unfortunately for these guys, but fortunately for us as viewers, more work to be done, a longer resume to write, more accolades to acquire, and maybe some some hardware to acquire as well. Maybe that becomes necessary for one or more of these guys. Last question to you on the running backs on their way to Canton. Are there any guys who are just beginning their careers, JP, or just Mm. have a couple of seasons under their belt, but you simply get a radar hit that these guys maybe are headed in the right direction, that direction being Canton, Ohio. Could you make an argument that Nick Chubb, who doesn't have far to go from Cleveland to get to Canton, may be (laughs) on the right path for enshrinement one day in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he's well on his way. I mean, I, I, I think he is, but I think that's the hardest part, it's specifically at this position. Longevity is everything. I think, I mean, he's averaging 5.2 yards a carry for his career. I mean, that's pretty dang good. Um, but I think, I, I'll say this, because I was just thinking about this when you were like, this is my last question to you, James, but now I want to get this in. Like, let's look at Zeke Elliott, right? Like somebody who burst onto the scene and had a really successful first chunk of their career. What are Zeke's chances, you think, do you, to get in? I Honestly, mean, my for me, my I think his chances are are slim to none. And the reason being is that the precipitous fall from the that early season, that first season, I believe, Kendall, check me on this. Mm-hmm. I think he averaged five point one yards a carry mm-hmm. his first season. And that number has gone down precipitously ever since. Now you look at a year like last year, I think he got in the paint 10 times. I think he had 10 touchdowns last year. 12. So 12. So he had 12 touchdowns last year. His usage in moments that matter still remains high. And I think in that way, you could sort of, you could maybe con yourself and maybe somebody else into believing that there is still a case to be made. But in terms of dominance, I go back to that same argument point, James Palmer, which is you have to dominate your era or dominate within your era for an extended period of time. I simply haven't seen that from Zeke. Am I, am I, am I only looking through burgundy and gold glasses as a Washington fan, <laughs> or, or am, am I missing something with Zeke? Well, no, I mean, well, a little bit, because there are things that he did really, really well that I think uh, people around the league would tell you, like his his vision in terms of pass protection and ability to run routes out of the backfield were really good early on. Like he was a complete back, like a really complete back. And my whole point of bringing him up was this is a wild conversation, right? Because like even a guy who when he came into the league had everything like really had everything pass protection, you know, running ability, nose for the end zone, nose for first downs, catching ability. He had it all. And we're like, you're saying like slim to none. Look at Saquon Barkley. We're barely talking about him during the draft process. Every person I talked to was like, whatever the team uses, whether it's a five star or a gold star or whatever, when it's like a, a, a prospect that just doesn't come around very often. Saquon was that in every single building. Yet we're not really talking about Saquon at all either and I think all of this I mean obviously he's had a couple of injuries 
Um, but all of this stems to like, man, it's going to be weird evaluating the running back position when it comes to Hall of Fame voting with the way the position is being used. Like, you could be a great player and really talented, like Saquon is, and it's like, well, like, let's look at the stats. And it's like, well, no, everybody throws. Like, everybody, like, you know, it's 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 just very interesting because the game's being played differently. That's why I think, like, I keep bringing up Bijan Robinson because he's, like, kind of the next guy we're going to evaluate. At least he landed on a team that's going to use him repeatedly with touches. Like, you don't – everything I always hear from teams is, like, don't draft a running back in the first round. If you do, you better give him a crap load of touches. Like, or else you've made a mistake. And that's an offense where he is going to get touches. So that's my kind of my point is he's going to be the next guy we evaluate in a position that's becoming really difficult to judge who's really good at it. And that that's becoming interesting because it's a committee kind of everywhere you go. Listener, I hope you were paying attention because I think what James Palmer is saying is very, very interesting and something that becomes maybe a new way of looking at the game and specifically at that position as we head into a new season and the seasons beyond. Not only, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, James just said this becomes a very difficult position to evaluate, but truth be told, he began this conversation by saying that it has become, specifically, it has become a different position. This is no longer the running back that we grew up watching. This is not your your father's running back, your grandfather's running back. This is, in fact, a new, a brand new position in terms of how we see it and how we use it in the NFL. That becomes very, very tricky years from now as we start to evaluate the Hall of Fame credentials and merits of the guys who are in the NFL right now. We may have to look at it differently. And maybe if I can translate all of this, I would say this, that maybe those running backs from the current crop of running backs in the NFL that do find their way into Canton, if in fact they do, they may deserve a slightly larger bust and a slightly shinier gold jacket because the fact is the odds seem to be stacked against them. So if they do make it in, my goodness, it's because they damn well deserved it. I want to thank today's very special guest, James Palmer, and I want to invite the listener to join us next time when we make good on an old promise to bring you Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm sorry about that. Monday he showed up. We ran out of time. I blame the irrepressible James Palmer. James, thank you so much for being here today oh. and Monday. You guys ditched Amon Ross St. Brown? Well, you know, we, we recorded the, the interview, so I have it to bring to our listeners. But uh, the fact is, I went so long with you on Monday, I simply didn't have you time. You can go I, along with him, man. He's a tremendous chat. He is amazing. He really is. You know, somebody yeah. called him the most interesting man in the NFL. That, as a tease, should, should invite the listener to join us on Friday. JP, thank you so much for your time today. Kendall Mursky, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, so we will bring you that Amon Ross St. Brown interview on Friday, and I'm going to throw in new Cowboys wide receiver Brandon Cooks as a make good for lying to you about Monday. Plus, the D linemen and linebackers in the NFL right now who will one day be cast in bronze and fitted in gold as members of the Hall of Fame. I like these conversations we're having, so let's keep it going. That's next time. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 